What's up, he's debtors? Oh no, I sound like a I sound like a YouTuber now. <laughs> Commit to it. Sorry, I haven't posted a video in a while. Make sure you honk that subscribe button, fam. I'm Mick McConnell, and please welcome my fellow YouTuber Emily Lynn. I don't want any part of this. Oh my god. Sup, Emily? <laughs> Is that how you? That's not how YouTubers talk. I don't know. Just do a quick cut to Emily. Oh no. How's your week? It's been okay. It's been sort of gross and super cold and then really rainy here, but now I don't have to leave the house for a couple of days, so. Awesome. We have a long weekend here and I plan not to leave the house for three days <laughs> if I can help it. it. We're in the middle of a heat wave here and it's shocking. Um, if you've got Australian friends on social media, you're probably sick of them banging on about the heat. Time for us to welcome a another Australian friend, a good pal. Please welcome Andy Campbell all the way from that geek pod. Yay. Yay! Hey guys. How are you, pal? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you surviving in Melbourne? Uh staying indoors with the aircon on. So basically oh. what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, it's been like about forty all week for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, I think the most we got yesterday was 44. Okay, I have to convert Oof. that to American. Uh, oh, 104. No, what, 90, 104. 104, there you go. That's very hot. Thank you, American friend. <laughs> yeah, it's been... Um, we might have a global warming problem here. All the, all the older generation go, ah, oh, you're all soft. It's summer. So, Andy, this is your first time on He's Dead Gym. We had your good pal Catherine Neen on as our very first guest. Ah, yes. That's true. Exciting. And I think that was that was before you guys had started that geek pod. Uh, yeah, I think that's correct as well. Yeah. That geek pod, if you haven't checked it out yet, it's an awesome pod about all things geek. And it's where I go to get all my Marvel and DC updates. <laughs> yeah, we do we do Fantastic a pretty pod. good job at just yeah, chatting about, you know, what we geek about and what other people geek about. We've had a few guests on, like uh, Josh Chapman from uh, Star Wars Spell Tower. Yeah, I'm about halfway through that episode while I was cruising home yesterday. What geek thing are you most excited about at the moment? Uh, I think at the moment is uh, a bit of Star Wars and Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. We talked briefly last week about how Emily's tapped out of Game of Thrones. Yep, I'm done. Yes. Yeah, you're done. Thrown in the towel. Um, what, What are you most excited about for this season of Game of Thrones? Um, honestly, just to see how it ends or, or if it, if they leave it opened a bit or, I don't know, just to see what they do really, just to wrap it up. Fire dragon versus undead dragon. Who's going to win in that? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that sounds that you've got my attention with that. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Emily doesn't even know about this exciting dragons. I sort of know stuff that happens just because everybody talks about it all the time. You but, know there's an undead undead dragon? Yes, I know that. Mostly, I'm just waiting for the last book. Well, it's not even the last book anymore. I'm waiting for the book to come out, even though it's never going to come out. It's I care about that m- m- much more than the show. It's definitely not going to come out. How old's that guy? Like 104? He's not even, like, he's not that old. He's just not writing. Yeah, why not? Just too much money. He's been working on it for quite a while, hasn't he? Yeah, and yeah. it happened with the book before that, too. It was, like, supposed to come out one year after the book before it, and then it was, like, six years later or seven years later. What else are you excited for in fandom? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Probably, well... You know, Star Wars Celebration is coming up in April and uh, very looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah. So you're off to, to Chicago? Emily, yeah, off to Chicago and get to see Emily in the flesh. Yeah, yeah. that'll be great. Fantastic. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. I'm totally jealous. That's good. There's a bit of an Australian contingent heading over. That's exciting. Yeah, we've got a bit of a group getting all excited for it all. Awesome. So good. Tell us about your experience with Star Trek. Are you are you a Trek fan at all? Or are you? Um, I was. I would say early on. Um, my dad is a huge Trekkie, um, so he would uh, he he introduced um, he introduced it to me. But I started with um, Next Generation, 
so Picard and all that. Yeah. Um, the early stuff, I sort of knew about it, but I just, I just thought it was like too old, and you, you know, the stuff just looked a bit like, oh, you know, that's very, you know, to a to a I know ten year old, it's just all like, oh, it's not that fancy, to compared to you know, and I like Data, like Data was just like my favorite. I just thought he was like, oh, he's so cool, he's like a robot and. He's really nice and stuff. He is so cool. And a great sense of humour. Fantastic. Did you watch any of the other series after Next Gen? Um, after that, uh, oh, yeah, Deep Space Nine. Um, I liked that. Uh, you know, most of the time they're just at a bar, like there's an alien bar, and everyone's just like drinking, and, you know, things would happen, but then it's like, oh, wow, let's go back to the bar. And then they'd just be at the bar again, like... <laughs> That's it. The bar seems to be a bit of a sort of a common thread, I guess, ever since yeah. Next Generation and Guinan. Oh yeah, and Ten mm. Forward. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just it was just mainly those two. I didn't get into Enterprise until probably it was like too late because here in Australia they'll show it at like eleven o'clock. Like the time for when they would show, you know, current episodes was just all over the place. So it was hard to stick with it, really. Yeah, Channel 9 really used to stuff around the schedule of those sorts of shows. It'd be often it'd be different to what it said in the TV guide and it'd just be all sorts of crazy hours of the night. So it's very hard to yeah. set the VCR. Especially if it was like um, a Thursday night and you would have like the AFL footy show and they'll run late. So then instead of finishing in at 10, oh, it's 10.30 and it's like, well... Uh, it's way too late on a school night. I've got to go to bed now, so I miss out on the episode. Yeah, yep. And what about the the movies? Are you are you a fan of the new J.J. Abrams movies? Oh, um, big fan of the first one. Yeah, uh, I just yeah. I know the whole Khan thing in the second was a bit like what really, and the last one I just I know it just felt it was a repeat like a former Starfleet captain or admiral you know was getting revenge and stuff it's like wait wasn't this sort of the second one as well like i know it just seemed to me like it was they just doing the same thing but on different planets and it just wasn't really advancing the characters more much yeah yeah that's probably pretty solid criticism yeah but like first contact is like my all-time favorite oh first contact is so good. good Oh, because just the Borgs and, like, the hologram room when they're trying to get away from them and they're in the hologram room and, oh, it's just, I just love it. And the whole time travel type stuff was, it's, I love a good time travel type concept in a movie and I thought they did that really well. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so we've got a new thing called the Meritocracy Quiz. I just road tested it on Emily last week. Emily was our guinea pig, or yes. as uh, Peter would like us to refer to Emily as the test tube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you mind participating in our meritocracy quiz? Sure thing. I will probably be not good, but hey. No, no, no. It's, it's about it you. It's about learning about Andy. Um, uh, so the first question on the He's Dead Jim meritocracy quiz is what job would you choose to do in the Enterprise? I know, I've always had a, an admiration for Scotty. So, like, in engineering. I would work in engineering. Nice. I think my dad would be happy with that because he's an engineer as a real-life job. So. Oh, sweet. So you get to wear <laughs> so the, think, the yellow yeah. shirt? Yeah, yellow shirt. It's not red, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or would you be, like to be like Geordie LaForge and get to wear the cool visor? Mm. See, that's another good one. Well, that wasn't that could... wasn't like part of his job. That was because he was <laughs> blind. <laughs> okay, so you don't get to be like everyone in engineering. Your favorite engineer. Unless someone, unless someone blinds me, then yes, I would have the same thing. Okay, but then I would have robotic eyes. So I guess that is a bit of a perk. Yeah, but like, doesn't he? He can see cool stuff and extra wavelengths. That's yeah, and well, like in first contact, he, they take the visor away, and he has those eyes that like zoom in and zoom out and all that stuff. 
Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that's what it's like being an engineer. <laughs> Next question. Which alien race would you like to be in the Star Trek universe? Oh, I, I don't know if this is a bit like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But I know Vulcans are pretty chill. Even though emotions aren't really part of their thing, I just think like, yeah, you know, your jokes will fly over your head. You just won't get them. Um, you know, some people might, might make fun of you over that and you still won't get the joke. Um, but I don't know, just, you know, they seem peaceful and they're intelligent and, um, you know, I'll be, it would be pretty good if, you know, you're doing a quiz, your team would always win because you'll have me there as a Vulcan. I'll be like, yep, answers this, answers that. Yeah. Well, how, how do you reckon Vulcans go on trivia nights with the sports and entertainment questions? Oh. Or do they just know everything? Oh, gosh. You might, yeah, because they might look down on sports. Like, why would you pick up a ball and put it through a basket? I don't get I it. I mean, do, would Vulcans think of trivia nights as a logical way to spend your time? Mm. I mean, I guess you could go with, like, it's exercising your brain probably and it's yeah. you know you're hanging out with your friends so that could be a thing this could be the start of our first he's dead jim screenplay it's where spock has to win a trivia night because the prize oh is God. something integral to for them to complete a mission <laughs> yes and you would have to find the logical reason of you know should he be answering all the questions or let the team have a go? Yeah. <laughs> but then correct them anyway. <laughs> uh, what food would you replicate first on the Enterprise? Gosh, that's a good one. Uh, I know, I'm really in a, I know, I think it's because we're in summer here in Australia, but I've eaten a lot of burgers. So, like, I would say, like, I know, just a good cheeseburger and just replicate that all the time. Nice. That'd Good awesome. choice. Yeah. Excellent and it's just like you can, And you can just add what you want and you know it's like, okay, yeah, there's some meat there, but, hey, I've got a lot of salad and greens in that burger, so, like, the I'm balancing it out. And I'm guessing everything in the replicator must be vegan. Like, Ooh, you know that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, is it? Well, well because... you think it's, it's meat, but... You're not actually killing an animal. Yeah, that would get into the same argument as that you're getting now with um, the advent of lab-grown meat mm. and sort of what that means. Like, what does it count as? Well, maybe vegan's the wrong word. Maybe you could say vegetarian, maybe? I don't know. This is getting very confusing. Well, we, they don't do a great job of explaining what exactly the replicator is because it's nonsense. Maybe it's maybe it's one hundred percent powered by the death of animals. <laughs> like even oh even God. even your salad is actually like a dead elephant or something. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be an endangered animal in order to power it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fueled by ivory. Oh my God! <laughs> this got dark. It did get it did get dark. Sorry. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully it's vegan. And you can eat whatever you like, and it's, it's very, like very ethical. Type, like it's a substitute. Oh, so yeah, like, yeah. It's not really meat, but it sort of looks like meat. Maybe it's just tofu. Oh man, that doesn't sound great. Everything tastes like looks great, but tastes like tofu. <laughs> Everything chocolate chocolate is actually carob. Oh, I guess that would also question like, oh wait, it says add bacon. Is it really bacon? <laughs> that's it yeah that's i i would assume it has the same physical properties as bacon but you never know maybe maybe there's a health option where you can where it tastes great but doesn't have all the fat or whatever well it seems like every you could just have everything to be as nutritionally sound as possible where your big juicy bacon cheeseburger would have the exact same nutrients as a spinach salad because oh, it's cool. not like a real thing yeah yeah well i just watched um i found the discovery shorts that they actually are on um netflix in australia which 
uh, Catherine Neen pointed out, actually. Um, I think it seemed to be that they didn't appear in the menu on the Apple TV, but when I went on the Netflix website and had a look, they were there. Uh, so I watched Tilly's short, and on there she's trying to uh, replicate a quadruple espresso, and the replicator oh, wow. warns her that that's, that's not a great idea, that's too much caffeine, and she's able to override it. Hmm. She says, no, I need my caffeine. Oh, well, there you go. You can uh, fight the system to add more things. That's it. So it seems like, at least on the discovery, it, the replicators come with a warning, but that's it. Uh, final question on our meritocracy quiz, Andy, what would you most like to do on the holodeck? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Probably, uh, what's that concert? Um, the famous one with Hendrix and such. The concert with oh, the concert. Sorry, I thought you said concept. concert. Uh, yeah, Woodstock. Woodstock. Yeah, I was just like hollow, and you're just there, front row, and you're just like watching like all the bands are playing mm-hmm. there, or even Live Aid. I'll do Live Aid and just like just be in that moment. Actually, that's definitely concerts. You go to any concert, it'd be sweet. Yeah, any concert, and you're like, "Oh man, I missed, I missed seeing Led Zeppelin do that gig." Oh wait, I'll just go to the Hollow Deck and just be there. Sixty nine would be a great year for time travel in general because you do Woodstock and then you could do the moon landing. Oh, there you go. Yeah, man, the Hollow Deck—you could be on the moon. <laughs> so exciting! Good choice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Would Hendrix be your favourite act to see? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Just like him ripping up a guitar or smashing it after. The oh, stand. yeah. It's just like, oh, yes. Mick, what would be, what would be your like one concert you'd go to? Oh, man. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd definitely go to, to Woodstock, but I'd, I'm a bit of a jazz nut. I'd probably want to go back and see like early Miles Davis and Her- Herbie Hancock and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Man, I'd go to heaps. I'd go go to the Ed Su- audience of the Ed Sullivan show and watch the Beatles. Oh, yeah. I do. I do the uh, Newport Folk Festival in '65 when uh, when Dylan first went electric. Oh wow! Oh gee. And you so. Were, were there protesters there protesting his electrif- electrification? Well, here's the thing is it actually, it was controversial. Some of it, there's some stuff going on that makes it seem like it's more controversial than it really was because apparently, well, while there was this contingent that thought him going electric was this betrayal of the folk scene, apparently also like the sound was just really shitty. Like it wasn't set up to handle what he was doing. And so how much of uh, how much okay. of the booing cuz you can't hear the booing cuz there's tons of documentaries about it how much of the booing is coming from people being mad and how much of it is coming from they can't understand what he's singing Oh man No like he definitely he definitely got some, go yeah, he definitely got some shit over it like um uh, I think it was I think it was Pete Seeger who thought it was this like huge betrayal Oh wow Yeah Really Yeah music would be a big thing the summer of love, try a few mushrooms. You know what I think I do? And this sounds, maybe this sounds a little bit dark, but it, just go like throw yourself off a mountain or something. Holy shit. Wait, what? <laughs> well, no, because. <laughs> because no, no. Hey, Emily, we're going to the holodeck. Do you want to check out a concert? Do you want to have some fun? Well, I'm this, because the holodecks are built in with safety protocols. So, like, there'd be, yeah, okay, they, yeah. they'd so have it, like, like, somehow where you wouldn't actually die. And so you could just experience, like, free fall or something insanely dangerous and know that you'd be fine. Oh and do the, do the Red Bull jump from orbit, <laughs> not orbit, but <laughs> yeah. from the upper atmosphere <laughs> without a suit. Oh, man, you could. It'd be like the Matrix. Um, knowing how often the holodeck fails and goes rogue and tries to kill everyone, <laughs> I'd be a bit terrified of doing Yeah, it. you don't want it to glitch out. <laughs> Emily, do you have any questions for the witness while we have him on the stand? Who is your favourite Star Trek character? 
data, like okay. I was saying before. I just, nice. I just, his sense of humor, his relationship with Picard, it's just. He's got a cat. He's got a cat, yeah. Spot. It's, oh, it's just great. He's great. Like, just their friendship and how Picard would, you know, sort of teach him about, you know, he, with human interactions and feelings and stuff, sort of like with uh, Kirk and Spock. And he, he just, how he like goes through it all. And yeah, especially with Psych Hazard, like you'll just sort of get it, but then people are like, wait, is he serious? And he's like, oh no. Yeah, it's just, yeah, he's the best. This week we watched uh, This Side of Paradise, which is season one, episode 24, episode 25 on Netflix. We're getting there, only five episodes to go in this series, this season. Uh, it originally aired on NBC on March 2nd, 1967, and it was directed by Ralph Sinensky and written by DC Fontana and Jerry Soule. Uh, this week, the Enterprise is travelling to Omicron SETI 3 to investigate a settlement of 150 men, women and children. Spock doesn't believe that the settlers could have survived after three years of exposure to Berthold rays, but it's safe for the Enterprise to, se- to send a landing party to hang out on the planet for about a week. Uh, I looked up Berthold rays. They're, they're just a Star Trek thing. Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Sulu, uh, a botanist, Mr. DeSalle, and a non-speaking extra beam down to the farm uh, with white timber fences and green timber farm buildings because and stables. Because everybody in the 23rd century is fucking obsessed with, like, 50s or 60s Americana. Yeah. <laughs> it's just somewhere out back on the DeSulu Studios lot. <laughs> Everyone's a farmer. Everyone's a farmer. Um, the farm appears empty like a ghost town out of a western and Kirk starts lamenting. Another dream that failed. There's nothing sadder. It took these people a year to make the trip from Earth. They came all that way and died. Uh, but Kirk is interrupted by... Three men, Elias Sandoval and two other farmers who emerge, or two other settlers who emerge from behind the sheds, and they're wearing green space overalls. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, like, you know, Kirk's there going on about, like, oh, yeah, they're, they're not here and stuff, and then the guy interrupts going, and, and, but he interrupts him with an answer, not everyone's God. And it made me think, like, wait, how long were they standing behind the <laughs> other side point. of the bar? But I just, like, should we go... Should we go out now? No, wait, wait, wait. I want to answer if he asks a question. All right, go, 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 go. They <laughs> <laughs> get a stage manager there ready to yeah. bring them on, counting yeah, them. Yeah, like, like Sandalove's like, wait, guys, I want to answer. All right, go. Ah, oh, yes, we are here. Like, I just found that so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely something odd going on. And when he approaches Kirk, he puts his hand on... Um, on his shoulder for, as a greeting. He's just like putting hands on shoulders and, and I'm just like, all right, buddy, ease up. Like, you know, a handshake will do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Elias welcomes the landing party to Omicron SETI 3 and then we get dramatic music, ba 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 and roll the intro. Uh, we get a CGI shot of the Enterprise orbiting... Uh, a beautiful Earth-like planet with uh, large green continents and blue oceans while Kirk uh, updates his captain's log. Mr. Sandoval says that their subspace radio is broken and that he's keen to... Sh- that's why he hasn't heard... Nobody's heard from them. And that he's keen to show them the settlement. Uh, McCoy remarks to Kirk, uh, pure speculation, just an educated guess. I'd say that man is alive. And uh, the landing party debate about whether the settlers they just met are alive or not. And Spock is adamant that the planet is being bombarded by these deadly Berthold Berthold rays. Kirk reckons they should go and actually investigate, go and ask them what's going on. Uh, In the farmhouse, Sandoval is telling them how nice the settlement is. 
when suddenly this week's smoking hot blonde woman walks in and the director presses the weekly love interest button, which automatically yeah. used romantic music and a yeah. close-up. And like, soft yeah, the, like the, the backlighting the work, like this halo of haze around her. Yeah. Yeah, like an angel. Yeah, yeah. Um, her green overalls are slightly more like farm overalls. They've got the over-the-shoulder straps, but they're still they're a cool fashion cut and... She's paired them with a purple shirt. It's not a bad look, I think, for a 60s space set look. Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, she's the only woman that we see in this episode, right? She's like, so she's yeah. like the Smurfette uh, on this village? I don't know. <laughs> Wasn't there one moving stuff around? I think once when they were doing their investigating, I thought there was oh, a okay. brunette I saw. It's possible. There you go. Possibly, yeah. But yeah, they. But we never see her again. It's always been um, this this character, uh, Lila. Definitely the only featured woman. Yeah. Uh, and I guess so. That there's meant to have been 150 settlers went to this planet. So I guess we're assuming that a lot is going on off camera. Because you said kids before, didn't you? That yeah, you men, women, and, and children. I didn't see any kids. <laughs> now, later on, this woman says she wants to see the starship and says she's never seen a starship before. So, but, but they've only been, how long have they been there again? I can't remember. Three oh. years of exposure to the rays. So she must have seen, she must have traveled well, on some sort we know of spaceship. We got, because they on got the there on a spaceship. It took them a year to get there. Yeah, oh, we'll deal deal with that in a bit. That doesn't yeah. quite make sense. But like, <laughs> no. by the time I got to that, I thought, oh, hang on, was she born on the planet? No. Wait, wait, what year? Because they, yeah, it's three years. They, they, the colony was established yeah. in twenty two sixty four, and we're in twenty two sixty seven. Yeah, oh, that's I didn't even notice that line. That's stupid. Yeah, yeah, good pickup, Mick. Like, yeah, that's. That doesn't... Hey, I paid attention yeah. to something for once. That's never happened. <laughs> shows how closely, shows how closely I'd watch these. <laughs> uh, the woman looks surprised when she makes eye contact with Spock. Zoom in on the woman. Zoom in on Spock. Sandoval introduces her as Layla Colomi, their botanist. Layla says her and Mr. Spock have met before. It's been a long time. Uh, Sandoval goes all Amish and talks about their philosophy of returning to a simpler life. Uh, we have few mechanical things here, no vehicles, no weapons, complete peace. Sulu and one of the landing party extras go check out, or it might be Mr. Sandoval, they go and check out the barns and find them completely empty. Where are the farm animals? Uh, there's nothing there but some weird pink flowers with, that are pretty prominently featured in the shot. By the way, what this means is, because they mention, yeah, it's here or later, that there were animals they brought with them. Yep. That, so there's just a starship with like a bunch of pigs and goats and shit. And... That, to me, I don't know why, but I find it absolutely delightful. Oh, do you reckon they're still on the ship? Well, no, what I'm saying is they were at one point. Oh, they were at one point. Like, when they it, came it, out it, here with the colonists, there were, like, horses and stuff on a starship with them. Oh, that's cool. It's like an ark, two of everything ready to populate this new planet. I want that to be my, my spaceship job. I want to take care of the goats. <laughs> That'd be sick. And the blue whales. <laughs> it's a really big spaceship. It start well, yeah. Star Trek, you've got to have blue whales. Uh, it. But it didn't end well for these animals, by the sounds of things. No. Uh, later, Sandoval asks Layla about Spock. You've known the Vulcanian. We're still getting Vulcanian used in these episodes. Uh, Layla explains that they met on Earth six years ago. 
it's pretty clear that she has feelings for Spock, but Spock didn't have feelings for her because he's Spock. Sandoval yeah. asks, would you like him to stay with us now and be as one of us? Layla replies, there is no choice, Elias. He will stay. And she smiles as the music takes a mysterious turn. Bones gives the settlers a checkup and they're all in perfect health. Bones promises to throw away his shingle if he finds all of them in perfect health. What the fuck does that mean? Oh, you you, <laughs> you, you hang out your shingle, which was like the little, like the sign outside of your office. Uh, okay. Excellent. Thank you. So he's going to throw away his doctor's sign. Yeah, basically. He gives up. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for broadening my horizons. I'm going to use that in conversation now like I'm an expert. Just (laughs) casually drop that line. Spock is out exploring and he's noticed there is no animal life on the planet at all. There is only flora. Sandoval takes them out to see their crops and explains that they have a They have perfect soil that can grow anything and a moderate climate with moderate rainfall. It's the perfect world. Kirk's botanist from the landing party confirms that the soil is great and that they have planted a variety of crops, but there's only just enough to sustain the colony. Uh, It's starting to become apparent that these settlers have been doing fuck all since they got there. McCoy calls Kirk back to the farmhouse to share his finding that Sandoval's previous health issues have been cured since coming to the planet. His health record showed that he had scarring on, scarring on his lungs from childhood pneumonia, but now his lungs are perfect. He also has an appendix, although that had been previously removed. So something weird's going on. Spock is hanging out in the vegetable garden and Layla's there uh, annoying him, I think. (laughs) Spock wants to do science, but Layla wants to do emotions. Kirk tells uh, Mr. Sandoval he has received orders to evacuate them. Sandoval refuses because they're all fine. Um, Kirk asks what happened to the animals, but Sandoval uh, just doesn't answer the question at all and just says they're vegetarians. And then he walks off. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kirk was like, um, um, I'm not done talking, but yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah, there's certainly weird people on this planet. Layla takes Spock to see one of the weird pink flowers and Spock is blasted all over with spores from the flower. Uh, and then he grabs his head and doubles over and sort of freaks oh, out so- like he's in pain. Great acting here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Layla says, you know, what's, what's happening? It shouldn't hurt. And uh, Spock finally relaxes and then looks up at Layla and smiles and says, I love you. I can love you. And then they pash among the weird pink alien flowers. And the love theme is rising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a good thing. Yeah, it is actually. Now, I have a question. Sure. I love your questions. <laughs> because this is so sudden, and I wonder, does this mean, like, is this completely the spores, or does this mean if Spock allowed himself to feel emotions? Because we know the Vulcan emotion thing isn't like a, isn't like a genetic trait. It's something they train themselves to. Does that mean all this time, if if Spock had allowed himself to, he he loved this woman? Yeah, that's an excellent question because, yeah, it's a common mistake that people think Vulcans don't have emotions. They just have, they're working hard to suppress them the whole time. I I wonder, because I know we, we learn later on that the, the spores are all about positive emotions and happiness. Yeah. So there's got to be a hell of a lot in that, but yeah. The answer to that we may never truly know. (laughs) Can't be easy being Spock. Well, no, as we sort of learn at the end of this episode, which is really kind of super depressing. Yeah, it is super depressing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to keep on with this to cheer myself up. (laughs) 
Um, Kirk is angry that Sandoval won't cooperate with the evacuation. Uh, he tries to radio Spock, but Spock is too busy making out with Layla and just gives up and drops his communicator. They find Spock laughing and hanging upside down from a tree. <laughs> so ridiculous. I love, I love how like Kirk's like, I told you to report to me and you didn't come. He goes, yeah, I didn't want to. <laughs> what? What do you mean you didn't want to? And then like afterwards when, you know, he goes, oh, you know, you're under arrest. And he goes, all right, guys, follow me. Kirk like goes past the tree. Then he stops and he looks up like, how did he do that? It's like, buddy, it's pretty low. Like anyone can really hang from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Like, and Kirk is pretty angry. Um, Spock leads them to more flowers where Sulu and the other crewmen get a dose of spores, but Kirk seems to just miss getting hit somehow. Yeah. yeah. I was very confused by that. Cause he definitely got some on him, but he just didn't cop them in the face. The Was it the way. shoulder? Yeah, I think so. And then he, it, didn't, he didn't really react. Yeah, that's right. Like, I think Kirk seems to think he's immune uh, because, every, like everyone else in the crew, ends up getting uh, taken over by the spores. Yeah, because um, Zulu was all like, "Oh yes, yeah. this is great. Oh <laughs> so, yes, I'll follow you." <laughs> Sulu's always just grinning from ear to ear, <laughs> whacked out on something. Uh, meanwhile, uh, McCoy is high on the spores now and starts... Oh, uh, good old gym boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to... So why does he get so southern? I don't know. Oh, make the sweet Georgia... What, that, what was the drink's name? Oh, mint julep. Oh, uh, mint julep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he starts calling him Jim Boy. Jim and Boy. all, like, he becomes like an impression of Mark Twain. Yeah. It becomes so southern. It's, 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 Why? It's, it's almost unintelligible. Like, yeah, it's a real yeah. caricature. It's like a full, I mean, full change of the character. I think you, you sort of get that with expats sometimes when people get, like if they're living in another country and they get a different accent when they get drunk or whatever, then their their natural accent tends to come uh, a bit more or something. I yeah. think that's probably what they're getting at. But Yeah, but he goes... But why has oh. he become Southern from the 1930s? <laughs> Excellent question. <laughs> Who knows? I just love that every time he's talking to Kirk, it's all, oh, Jim boy. You gotta get oh, down so here, boy. Good. <laughs> Fuck, I love it. <laughs> so when Bones gets high, he becomes all Mark Twain. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, we didn't mention Spock's Spock is now wearing their uniform. When did he change? Oh, good point. I didn't even that didn't even click for me. So yeah. does McCoy and everybody end up in the uniform? Why do they have a spare 500 uniforms? Yeah. Like, did did she bring the uniform for Spock? Like, does she know, oh, yeah, he'll change, he'll get the the flower to spurt at him, I'll bring this just in case. Yeah. And it's a perfect fit. Maybe it's her kink, (laughs) zip-up overalls. (laughs) Everyone must wear overalls. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, oh, yeah, McCoy has he's whacked out on the spores and he's beamed over a 100 of the plants onto the Enterprise. And uh, Kirk quickly beams up there. The, the Enterprise, oh, sorry, the transporter technician that he talks to is all whacked out. Um, and when Kirk finally makes it to the bridge, Uhura's out of it and uh, oh she's been snorting spores and then she's short-circuited all the communications except ship to planet. I just love her exit. She's all like sort of hovering and her hands are just, you know, sticking out. She's like, oh, Captain, um, you know, uh, only ship to planet communications are working. I, I you know, I, um, I scrambled everything else and she just like, walk, like glides out <laughs> and he just stands there like looking around like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and we get a 
I think I don't know if Kirk throws a flower away oh, or he yeah, tosses across the room. Yeah, he picks it up and he's like, yeah. <laughs> and we sort of get a shot of it on the floor, like there's a bit of focus on it. I was waiting uh, for the wah wah. <laughs> <laughs> now the entire crew is lined up to beam down to the planet and join the colony, and we uh, get maybe my favorite line. In the, well, it's definitely my favorite line of this episode. Maybe one of the best lines in all of Star Trek when he's talking to somebody because he's like trying to give these people orders to get back to work. And there's one guy who's talking to him and, he's, and, and he refuses. And Kirk looks at him and goes, This is mutiny, mister. Uh, yes. And I'm like, No, no, no. Like that, you, okay, this is mutiny, lieutenant. This mutiny, like, name, but, like, mister is what you say to, like, your kid when they're refusing to go to timeout. Like, go to your room, mister. Like, what are you talking about? It's insane. At first, I thought they were all lining up for the bathroom, and then I realized, oh, wait, no, that's the dress one. (laughs) Because that's what bathroom lines look like. It's funny, the total non-compliant, but they're just so chill about it. He's like, this is mutiny. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know, man. It was like, <laughs> Basically. I love the guy's facial reaction. He goes, oh, um, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, you had to think about it? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, well. <laughs> uh, where are we? Oh, gosh, that was so funny. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, so they won't listen to Kirk at all. Um, Kirk radios McCoy just to try and get some sort of sense out of him, some medical advice to try and figure out what to do. Oh, Jim, uh, boy. But McCoy <laughs> just wants to know if Jim's ever had a real cold Georgia-style mint julep. That's it. <laughs> Come on, Jim, and- boy. Kirk beams down again to uh, confront Spock and Sandoval in the farmhouse and he's, I think he's asks after McCoy and Spock says, uh, he's gone off to make a mint julep. That's a drink, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and, dr- and Spock and um, uh, Sandoval, is, uh, they're like just sitting at the table having tea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just chilling, just enjoying life. Just chilling, yeah. Paradise. My question is, how is Kirk going to get back to the ship if all the crew members have left? Maybe there's still a couple up there to beam him up. Yeah, Um, I think that's what I thought happened. Because, yeah, if most of them are already there, then how did he get back up there? Maybe he needs to take a shuttle. Um, They ask Kirk to join them. Kirk gives up and heads back to an empty ship and sits alone on the bridge He tries to radio engineering. There's no Scotty. There's no one. He's all alone on this quiet, empty ship. Uh, Starts updating his captain's log about the mutiny. Uh, Kirk is essentially marooned because he he can maintain orbit for a few months, but he can't pilot the ship alone. And he's got no communications. Uh, Suddenly, Kirk is uh, (laughs) blasted by one of the flowers. that. Okay, okay. Do they move? Are these plants sentient? Like, it's, he threw it, like, a fair distance, and he's just sitting there, the camera pans back, and the plant just raises up to spray him. How does it move? It yeah, look- but, man, fuck it. They're the, base, <laughs> they're the plants from goddamn Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> it must be. It must be. <laughs> like, I'm surprised it doesn't start singing. Yeah. <laughs> start eating people. It, it definitely grew. Because it like, if this is the plant that he tossed across the room, it looked pretty much dead. Yeah. And then and out of spores, and then it's somehow it's grown and kicked back into life, and it's been sitting there ready. But doesn't yeah, but it, it did lower? Look like it just... Doesn't it lower itself once it's sprayed? Like I've sprayed you. Okay, time to relax. <laughs> That's in <the> height. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. okay, you're done. <laughs> oh man, just wear a wear a paper mask or something. <laughs> Well, that's one thing. If they worked out the spores, you should be yeah. wearing a mask the whole time. Yeah, too quick though. Yeah. yeah thanks to thanks to Bones, Kirk uh, is now finally taken over, so he's not immune. Uh, he tells Spock he's joined them and uh, he's just going to his quarters to pack a few things. 
Uh, as he's going through his belongings, he sees his Starfleet medals and then all of a sudden remembers Starfleet and patriotism or something. <laughs> yeah, something got him going. The oh, and by like- the way, suitcase technology doesn't change at all in three yeah. centuries. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how he, he places it down first and then he goes over the control. But he placed it like it was like something, you know, it was very delicate and stuff. It's like... You didn't pack that much. You can just slam it down there, like he did. He did pack his uh, deep V-neck green tunic. Oh, there I you noticed go. That. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirk goes over to the transporter controls, and he's about to. I don't know what he's doing. He's about to beam his suitcase down, or maybe he can set a timer on it and head over. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's I like when you set a when you set a camera and then you run. You run over. to get in yeah. the picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, he tenses up and goes full Shatner, oh. and uh, he's sort of lit. His face is lit by a glowing light from the console. All the lights are off, and the the main lights are off in the room. So. Oh, pretty good effect. No. And he just yells, no, no, I can't leave, and pounds his <laughs> fist on the control panel and then just says, as a rant, emotions, violent emotions, needs, <laughs> anger, <laughs> and then uh, updates his captain's log. That's all his, that's his go-to place. That's his comfort place is the captain's log. A few times uh, I forgot that he was doing a captain's log, and I'm like, Who's he talking to? <laughs> oh no, we've lost him. He's gone mad. <laughs> we've had it before where even when he doesn't have a radio, he'll just pick up a recorder and just start narrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just picks up a rock and starts talking. To him. <laughs> Good news in his captain's log, he, uh, Kirk thinks he's discovered the answer. Um, Kirk convinces Spock to beam up to get more equipment. Uh, and when Spock beams up, Kirk is standing there with a steel bar and picks a fight with him. Oh, what the insults he gives him. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is the most racist fucking <laughs> shit. I hope you've got them the there, because they were great insults. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's... There's a lot of, yeah, you're half-breed and you're a freak. It was real horrible you're, stuff. You're, and also, but it's just like, it's all like, like, in the context of the show, it's like really seriously horrible and racist. But as the audience member, it's literally shit like your dad was a computer. Yeah. Yep. Your father was a computer and your mother was an encyclopedia. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, it's like, the, it's like the, the scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> oh my god, yes, Emily, yes. <laughs> and it's your not... father was a your father was a hamster, your mother smelt his elderberries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't know why you would take offense to that, but anyway, Spock is very slow to anger. You know, he sort of reasons all the things away, but Kirk keeps going and taunting him and then starts bringing in um his girlfriend. I forgot the name already. Layla. Layla. Starts bringing in Layla and then that's when Spock starts to snap. And then cut to Spock's stunt double bending the metal bar and punching the Kirk (laughs) stunt double who does not look anything like Kirk at all. I'm assuming they must have shot a bigger fight scene because the the shots they actually used with stunt doubles did not need stunt doubles. No. Especially when Spock is like punching through consoles. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so we get real Spock there yeah, punching through the wall, and then uh, he raises a you know heavy metal stool above Kirk, ready to smash it on his head, and then he finally snaps out of it. Mm. So Kirk has done well. Um, Kirk asks Spot of Spock if he can build a subsonic transmitter. Spock's all logical again and he wants to follow procedure and says that striking a fellow officer is a court-martial offence and Kirk has to reason with him and says, you know, they, they can't build a subsonic transmitter if they're both in the brig. Yeah, I like that. That was sweet. Um, Layla wants to beam aboard. Uh, she sort of thinks something's up. Um, Spock beams her up and she runs over and hugs him, but Spock's acting cold again. Layla pleads with Spock um, to get go, come back down and get on the spores again. Um, 
Spock breaking up with Layla after she's been in love with him for six years uh, generates the strong emotions required to break the spore trance. So now Layla's out of it too. Uh, and then Spock's subspace transmitter projects an anti-spore beam down onto the planet. And then everyone starts brawling. We oh, got my Sulu gosh. And... These fights. <laughs> <laughs> Sulu brawling with the botanist and then uh, all of a sudden Sandoval and McCoy get into it. Uh, uh, the, with, with Zulu, when they're like with the shovels and the guy, you know, he accidentally bumps him. He goes, oh, yeah, well, just don't be so clumsy. I'm not clumsy. And then they just start fighting. <laughs> and I think in one, one part he punches, like, I think he's pretending like they're both scrabbling on the ground. And there was one where I thought he actually punched the ground. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, so good. They just fight for a little bit and then the trance is broken and Sandoval snaps out of it. And he's comes to the sudden realization that they've achieved absolutely nothing in three years and agrees to evacuate. Uh, as the Enterprise leaves orbit, Bones says, well, that's the second time man was thrown out of paradise. And Kirk replies, no, no, this time we walked out on our own. Maybe we weren't meant for paradise. Maybe we, went, we were meant to fight our way through, struggle. And he reads some poetry and then uh, turns to Spock and says, what about you, Mr. Spock? We haven't heard much from you about Omicron SETI 3. And Spock replies with the saddest thing ever, I have little to say about it, except for the first time in my life, I was happy. Roll credits. Brutal. It's a really brutal ending to what was mostly like a funny, weird little episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess we've got the point if Spock's, he's not prone to any sort of emotion, so it's almost it's the first time in his life or the first time in a long while he's had any emotions whatsoever but i guess when you remember he's half human that's uh that's pretty brutal well, there you go uh it was an interesting episode it was it had some good fun moments though what uh metaphors do you think we're seeing in this is this about moving to a hippie commune and getting on the drugs <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just wonder, uh, that's the kind of thing that would have been going on at that end of the 60s, I guess, people dropping yeah, out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, what I got from it was like, gosh, what did I get from this? There's so many things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, don't, don't go near plants you don't know about. Oh, good call. <laughs> I think that's the lesson I learned, really. Just stay away from plants. <laughs> just take some Claritine with you when you go on landing parties. Yeah. <laughs> Does Claritine translate to American? Uh, we pronounce it Claritin, but yes. Okay. Take some Claritin with you. There you go. I need a universal translator for this podcast <laughs> to release multiple versions. Uh, how do you feel about this app, Emily? I I enjoyed it. Like it's pretty it's pretty dumb, but <laughs> I feel like it, it mostly knows that it's pretty dumb. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's fun. fun it's fun to see Spock be emotional like the scene when he's talking on the communicator to kirk and he's just be like nah i'm not doing it and like <laughs> kirk and mccoy's reactions like listening to that are pretty great oh and, and when he's, and he's tapping the communicator like is this thing on like what what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and kirk like there's even this great line that kirk has to mccoy like well you always said you'd like him more if he like loosened up a little <laughs> That's right. And he's like, when did I ever say that? <laughs> That's right. There's a couple of little jokes sort of in amongst it. It's pretty good. There's something cool about seeing Spock swinging from the trees too. Oh, what about the clouds? That one looks like a dragon. I've never seen a dragon. What clouds? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because Spock says, I have seen a dragon once. Ah, he's seen oh. a dragon. And he mentioned some planet on which he saw, like, I understand they don't have a budget. I want to see a dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where are these dragons? Yeah, well, I guess nowadays you'd have a, maybe you'd do a bit of CGI stuff to the clouds or something. <laughs> Spock probably had a pet dragon on Vulcan. 
I'll Didn't he have a it. pet in that episode of the cartoon we watched? Yeah, yeah. The one where he's a child and... Wasn't dragon, though. It should have been a dragon. Yeah, it's a pretty cool pet, though. Some cool creatures on Vulcan. Um, yeah, that that sort of stuff in particular, that's like they're getting stoned and looking at the clouds, <laughs> making out, <laughs> ready for Woodstock. That's it. It's also just kind of nice to have it not be Kirk. Mm. That's it. Someone else. How did someone else get a, get a love interest? That's it. Well, because it's still the, it's weight. still it's still the first season, so Shatner doesn't have quite as much weight to throw around. Ah, uh, that could be it. Ah, uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Fun episode. That was good. Any other points anybody wants to make before we do the email? Um, Spock's outfit changed again. I think when he went back to see Kirk. When they it's had, changed automatically. Yeah, well, I don't. I I don't recall him wearing the green outfit. I thought he wore his normal outfit, though he might have. He might have, but yeah, I just find the outfit changing was just like, she had his size outfit the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes there is a, I think there is a bit of funny wardrobe continuity in some of these apps if you pay attention to it. Biggest thing that stood out for me was the stunt double continuity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the Spock double, you don't see his face. So, I, to be honest, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have even clicked had I not seen the Kirk double's face. And they just, yeah, threw me. <laughs> I don't know, were TVs just so crap back in the day that you couldn't tell? Ah, uh, people probably just weren't looking for it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, it's pretty blatant. Oh, cool. So we've got one email this week from Catherine Neen. Ah. Would you like to read the email, Emily? Yeah. Or maybe we me... should get Andy to read this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you can you can relax and react. I'm good, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm happy <laughs> sitting here listening. All right, just let me pull it up. All right, and yeah, from this side of paradise. Hello, he's debtors. Another week, another woman in soft focus. It does make a nice change of pace that this time it's Spock with the love story. A lot of Trek stories seem to involve spores. I wish we knew why the spores wanted the people on the planet and to behave the way they do. The spores must have wanted something as the crew wanted to be on the planet. And that the spores must not have worked on the animals for, to protect them from dangerous rays as they protected the humans. Very odd. I don't understand why the colonists all had the same jumpsuit and why there is only one female in the colony. There's some weird things going on with McCoy's makeup on the planet, not to mention his accent. And I loved Kirk's 60s suitcase. My dad had something like that. And the Kirk Spock fight had some of the most obvious stuntmen. Anyway, this episode needed more Scotty. Catherine. Yeah, there's zero Scotty on this. Yeah, where was he? He got the week off. His his reference, I guess, when when Kirk's trying to radio him to see if there's anyone still in engineering. But she does raise a really good question. What is what was the spore's purpose? Yeah, because it seemed to be keen to influence the people to make it spread. They're all trying to get one another hooked on it, but, and but, to get the crew off the ship. But like, why is it like to like? It would seem like if it were this, you know, wanting to spread. Then what you're wanting to do is to get the plants on the ship. And go infect the rest of the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me worried about what the next step is for the inhabitants. <laughs> they might be very lucky they snapped out of it and got out of it. I mean, I there. feel like normally in this sort of episode, there's at least some sort of explanation of, oh, it was because blah, 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 blah. But there's not even an attempt at that. Yeah. Well, it's not just that it was a great drug or a great feeling of happiness because otherwise people would just get high on the ship or whatever. Like it's definitely like a mind control aspect to it. Yeah, like we have to go down to the planet. We have to stay on the planet for reasons. For reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they need an update spray in the face. Like every month. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm feeling a bit angry. Quick, send them to the plants. Yeah. And why doesn't it work on animals? Mm. Those poor animals. Emily's happy um, story on the ship, and then they're just destroyed by Berthold rays. 
I keep thinking you're saying butthole phrase. Butthole. <laughs> 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 Sorry, but <laughs> what was the other the other point? Uh, Catherine said that McCoy's makeup. She said yeah, she said it's a tweet about, about it too. with a with a picture, and yeah, he's got this really like weird contouring going on with his cheekbones yeah. and stuff. And it seems I think it's only sort of for that shot or something, but yeah, it's weird. And full on, like we've said, lots full on eye makeup is a uh, prominent feature in original series. I do love the '60s suitcase and the '60s influence. Nothing better than a '60s view of the future. Yeah, because <laughs> because sometimes it's like very, you know, distinct and different, and this is the future. And sometimes it's just we didn't we didn't have time. To do her a prop, so here's just here's the suitcase I pulled out of my closet. Yeah, excellent point about the spores. Yeah, need to know more. Is there fan fiction about the planet of the spores? Well, uh, I think that's about our ep. Anything else anybody would like to chime in with? I've just gone back to um, how we thought, like maybe Lila was the only one there, um, and as Kirk and the rest of the crew are heading towards the house with um, Sandoval, uh, there's a woman at a well, um, but she's got blonde hair, so it could just be Lila. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, let's hope and assume there are other women. Yeah. And it's not just a problematic Smurfette scenario. But yeah, no, that's good. Uh, wonderful. Thanks so much for coming on, Andy. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, yeah, thank you. And, thank uh, you for the invitation. Man, how can we follow you and follow that geek pod? Uh, you can follow that geek pod at that geek pod on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm that geek Andy on Twitter and Instagram. Wonderful. And uh, no, it's an awesome pod. Such a good variety of just all the fun geeky franchises. Yeah. Yeah. All good. sorts. All, there's something, there's a little bit of something for everybody in that. Yeah. We, we, we tend to change it up a bit and talk about, you know, like Catherine's really into Doctor Who and stuff. And that's a future thing that we'll talk about. Um, Cause uh, that's something I had like growing up, I watched it, but nowadays I don't. So it's really interesting to see how it all, all going. So things like that. And we've got a friend also who wants to talk about the X-Files. So yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, sweet. So look out for that. Oh, that's great. I look forward to that. I, I just love tuning in and I, I just get up to date on all sorts of things I didn't expect to be updated on. So that's, thank you very much for keeping me up to speed. <laughs> that's all right. Awesome. Wonderful pot. Emily Lind, how can we follow you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. I also do a Star Wars podcast called the Candabite Dispatch. Um, my my co-host is away for a couple weeks, but we had a great episode with my buddy Haas Burkhart, and then this week I'm doing a solo episode. So that'll be an interesting experience. I've never done that before. But uh, yeah, Candabite Dispatch for lots of Star Wars and food talk. So good. It's Are you going to sing the voicemail song on the solo episode? God damn it! It looks well, yeah, because like because I've been I've been talking for a couple of weeks because I'm very nervous about doing a solo one, so I've been asking people to send in stuff. And actually, Catherine Neen sent in a voicemail a couple of weeks ago. Oh, nice. Excellent. That was that was for the solo show. So now I have to sing the voicemail song. Fantastic. Oh, nice. <laughs> we haven't got a title for episode nine yet, have we? No, not no, yet. Nothing yet. Oh, man. So exciting! I hope it's good. Better be good. <laughs> well, but here, yeah, okay, here's the thing. As I often think about this, I'm like, yeah, I really want to know the title and I want it to be good, but it's not like if the title's bad, I'm not going to go see episode nine. No, I'll only see it five times if the title's bad. <laughs> like, it literally makes absolutely no difference at all, but I really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. 
we'll, uh, we'll look forward to that. Uh, thanks again for listening, He's Deaders. You can follow us. Uh, we're at He's Dead Jim Pod on your favourite socials or shoot us an email, He's Dead Jim Pod at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys. And uh, if you're bored and you're on a computer with iTunes or you figure out where to get to the reviews bit on the Apple Podcasts app, um, please drop us a review. We could use a review. Five stars, please, no less. Just like your favourite Uber driver. Um, I don't think Spotify have reviews but anyway if you're on Spotify listen to us on that tell your friends and uh, we'll talk to you hopefully in one week until next time keep ah damn it yeah sorry Um, do you know our sign off Andy Uh, no thanks thanks to Demi Lardner it's keep the star Trent alive very nice as we always say when we end our podcast, keep, keep the, the Star, Star Trent alive. alive. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Perfect wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> <laughs>